welcome and good morning. 580-5436-580-KIDO, that is our number. If you'd like to, or you prefer, I should say, email, it's Dave at, Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. You know, in the, in the next hour, I'm going to talk about a few stories, actually, because I think it, you know, stories are also real-life stories, people that have had change points, if you will, in their life of investing are certainly great lessons for all of us, right? I mean, we, we all, you know, with fairy tales and all these other things, but life stories, like this impacted this person. This story impacts other people. And so I'm going to share some of those stories. It's kind of uh, uh, including some of my own anecdotes as well, but because I think it draws us back, as I often say, back to those basics. And boy, we can always use it after a couple of rough weeks because all people can talk about is when the market finally has a break. Is the market going to keep going down? What do you think? And it, and this babble goes on and on. Okay, so. I watched a few minutes of CNBC yesterday, and it is just this nonstop babble about how low can it go, the technical blah, blah, blahs. What about interest rates? What about the Fed? What about, blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on. And, and I really, at times, and I understand that this is kind of what the network does. And then they find people to do this. But it is refreshing when you find somebody, for example, that says something along the lines of, I know we all talked about the technicals and what's the market gonna do in the next week and people don't know, but we missed the big picture of why would you be selling NVIDIA here? Just because it went down a little bit. Why, why are you worried about something that has a huge secular tailwind to it? Why? I mean, if you're trimming on the way up, that's fine, but this all or nothing doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't, and people go on and on and on about it, and it really does affect people. Like, well, we're down some. What should we do? Actually, you should be thinking about deploying more capital into market downturns. This is why during the entire, this entire year, as we start the year, Wall Street, and I massively believed, published their reports that the market was not going to do well in the face of rising interest rates. And in particular, tech stocks were going to do terribly, terribly poor in that type of environment. And of course, I don't need to keep dragging the story out. We all know that was 180% wrong. It was the complete opposite. The, the, the tech stocks took off. The quotes value stocks, the winners, the people that are ready to finally have their day in the sun, those dividend payers and their great companies, so on and so forth, 
they were the only place you could safely hide. It wasn't true. It was completely the opposite. Completely. And as we got into the summer, they completely shifted about one month ago and said, yes, yes, some shifted two months ago. Okay, I get it. But finally, there's this final capitulation that, yeah, maybe the economy is stronger than we thought it would be. Maybe cash flows are stronger than we thought they would be. So we are changing from bearish now that the S&P is up more than 25%, we're going to turn bullish. Incredibly helpful, of course. And start chasing after those tech stocks. And I, this is not the trying to lengthen out, you know, how stupid these people are and they really missed it this time. It's to reiterate the point that people don't know. No matter how smart they sound, they don't know what the market's going to do. And you don't need to know that. Owning stocks is not a question of predicting what the market is going to do. It, it, it isn't at all. It's, it's misdirection to think that way. That, well, if I know what the market's going to do, how do we position that way? If we live our life in front of the box that's constantly telling you what's wrong or is chattering about what direction the market's going to go in the next five minutes, five days, and not even talk about the next five years, then we're stuck in the irrelevant, <clears throat> constantly stuck there. We are stuck in the irrelevant, can't make a decision, analysis to paralysis that almost all investors live in all the time. Because if I pull the trigger and I buy something <clears throat> and it goes down, I'm stupid. Another mistake made. If you sell something because it's gone up a lot and you're trying to trim it, oh, I just should have hung on to all of that. That's the feeling. It's always loser, loser. And what do you think about the market? What do you think about the market? The market, made up of hundreds and hundreds of different companies in different industries. That's what we ought to be thinking about the market. Is it offers the greatest returns to the average investor, to the small investor, of anything on the planet, and they're not required to do anything. That's the market, honestly. Pretty much as simple as that. If you really want to crush it, then you want to try to buy companies when they're down. Not worry about getting the lowest price. And we'll talk about that more in the next hour. But it is interesting as we hear this talk, what's the market going to do now? Wall Street, not just to make fun of it, but to understand it was uniform in its stance that stocks were bad heading into 23, that stocks were good after they were up 25%. What are they going to do? What is the new analysis today of where we are compared to three weeks ago? So do you think some people will change their mind after 
that got bullish a month ago and go bearish again. Because fundamentally, fundamentally, things haven't changed. Stocks are very high priced overall. Some are super overpriced. Some are not overpriced. That's what makes up the market. It's not uniform. It's not monolithic. And people talk about it like it is. Like every stock is going to do the same. And it does not. Or the whole market is going to simply have to follow Apple and Microsoft because they're the two biggest ones, the biggest weighting in the S&P or whatever. The top six stocks are 25% or whatever the number is. It's huge. I get it. The bottom three are or bottom 300 are irrelevant. Yes, they are. That's absolutely true to the index, which tells you nothing about what your portfolio is doing or it should be. Should we be paying attention to the market? How's my portfolio doing? I don't know. I really don't know based on what the market's doing because I don't know what your objective is. If it's income, your income has been rising faster than the rate of inflation pretty much for your whole life. Because that's what stocks do. They increase their, their, their dividends by more than the rate of inflation. And in fact, three times the rate of inflation is what the income in the S&P 500 has done for 70 years. And it did it again the last 12 months and the 12 months before that and so on and so forth. Again, the relevant versus the irrelevant. We are talking about income for life. You can't outlive no matter how long you live. That's my goal. Okay. Yeah, that's my goal. So what's the market going to do? Excuse me? Well, you know, what's the market going to do? What should we be doing? Nothing. Owning the serial dividend increasing companies that have great cash flow and look great for raising income for the rest of your life. At least certainly the next five years. That's kind of what we're looking at. And if we need to make a change because they don't look as positive, we will, but that has nothing to do with the market at all. And obviously, We've been talking about the market has no reason to go up. Prices are fully in based on earnings, based on historic, blah, 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 irrelevant. Market doesn't care what history is, doesn't care what P.E. ratios are, price to sales, whatever it is. Don't care what the babbling baboons on CNBC are talking about. Don't, they don't care. It moves. Sometimes in a day because the machines are controlling it because some Fed chairman burped during lunch. That's not what markets do over time. They don't. They move on earnings, dividends, cash flows, corporate outlook long term individually over long periods of time. Unfortunately, we seem to live in the news cycle, in the moment, and we have to pull ourselves out of it. All right, I got to take a quick break. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you again for joining us. If you prefer to join us by email, that's just fine. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. And as I said, I'm going to share a couple stories uh, that uh, of clients 
if you will, overcoming different fears or getting started and um, in the next hour, including a few of my own stories about growing and understanding more about investing over the years and, 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 and what's important to focus on and, and, and I think equally important, what's important to ignore. What, what noise do we need to ignore? It's a pretty noisy world, to say the least. The idea that human beings in all of this noise, without really thinking about what to listen to and what to ignore, that we can simply know without intention and not be affected by all this noise. It just isn't true. We can't. And I know that really people generally think they can, that they can kind of sort of ignore all of the babble, that it won't infect them, that all the negative won't affect their view of the investing world, the whole world, really. That's, that's just not true. We have to be intentional, intentionally turning it down, intentionally turning it off, thinking about things deeply, pausing before acting. It, we have to know that the people that we're listening to are attention getters or they're actually wisdom behind what they're saying. To, to catch that wise phrase that somebody says. So, you know, it's talk, 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 talk during, um, let's say, Warren Buffett's big annual retreat for Berkshire Hathaway, right? It's talk, talk, talk. And, we, and most of the stuff he says is smart. But then, boom, there's this thing he just said that like, oh, hold on. I got to think about that. That's what I'm talking about. That's the huge thing. All right, you hear the music. We are out of here for Fox News Top of the Hour. I'm going to share some of those stories and, and, and talk some more in the next hour. I hope you'll stick around. 580. Okay, IDO. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. If you prefer email, it's dave at petzofinancial.net. And also, of course, our number here is 580-5436-580-KIDO. You know, I was thinking about this. I had a couple of conversations over the past few weeks that uh, remind me, remind me of uh, times where there's sea change. And people make major decisions. It doesn't happen all the time. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm not saying it's a major decision now because the market went down 5% last week. It's just not a major decision of any kind. Markets get ahead of themselves. They go down too much. They go up too much. The ship gets righted. 
and people run around with their hair on fire uh, about all of it all the time. But it really doesn't change the fundamentals unless you decide that I want to focus in on my statement, my I want to look up my account values every day and tally it up as if you were going to sell everything. It's a very odd thing, really. You know, it's it's just odd to me that we do this like daily measurement or even monthly measurement, you know, like, oh, I got my statement. Okay, study it, peruse it. What, what, what insight is that going to be? Does it tell you as you look at it, you can retire five years from now or 15 years from now on schedule? Does it tell you that? If it does, I've never seen that statement, so I, I don't know. Is it, what is it we're doing? Does it tell us that it's okay to take $5,000 a month income out of your portfolio as you plan to, cost of living adjusted all the days of your life that you'll never outlive? What, it, it, does it tell you that? If the market went down or up? Is that the message? So. It's really important to study that, and particularly if we want to do that, we really need to study on a daily basis because then we'll understand more about investing. Not true. Not true. The closer we look, the the, the, the worse we do. And when we think of big times, and, and, I, and I think in particular because I had this wonderful visit with a longtime client. And we both reflected on something that happened back in the early part of 2009. And she had lost her husband, not immediately before that, but he'd kind of taken care of things, had built a nice life economically for them. And kind of took care of stuff. And so when he passed, it makes it, now the decisions are on her. And it's scary. But she invested anyway. And then we all know what happened in 2008 and early 2009. So in my office, she sits, and we're talking, and of course, she's more than terrified, and the market is justifiably frightening people. They are frightened. We don't know if the system's going to survive. There's all kinds of new programs out there, and of course, there's a very, very active media about how none of it's going to work. It's all going to cause hyperinflation. We're all going to die. And this is just nonstop. And the market is acting ludicrous at the time. I mean, it can be up 400 points in the, in the morning and closed down 600 in the afternoon. Did that many days. 
and vice versa. It was chaos, frightening. It was a time that people made a decision that was literally life-changing for them financially, maybe even life-changing, period, not just financially, because it changes a lot of things when you make a big decision in your life and you go down this road instead of the other road. Everybody had a decision at that time to make. I'm staying or I'm leaving. And this wonderful lady sat there listening and sobbing. She was so scared. It was a truly emotional time. And why do I tell this story? I'm not telling on her. It's a beautiful story because what she did was in spite of overwhelming emotion, overwhelming doubts, she put a stake in the ground, thought about it, and literally went home and prayed about it. And stayed. To this day, she says, I would have no money. Without you. That's not true. Number one, she just wouldn't have lived as well. Number two, she made the decision, not I. Ultimately, we make our decisions. We all do. With good input or not, you can't own it, I can't own it. I can't own a runaway child. You can't own a bad decision that somebody else makes. We can't. I can't. She made a great decision. Not everybody did. A lot of millions of people bailed. It's a question we often ask, not because we're, <laughs> we're not uh, sympathetic to what was going on at that time. It tells us what people did in the last tragic downturn. So we can talk about it and not let them make that decision again. To talk about it before helps people to not do it in the moment. That's why we talk about this on Money Matters all the time. And we talk about it with clients. And we tell stories. Not on people, but of people. So that people can relate. And it's human. It's not robotic. It's real. And the real stories are when markets go down, and yes, you are human, you get scared, you do not sell. You do not sell. And you never start off with the idea that you could sell. You don't. You know markets are going to correct. They always do. And then they always go to all-time highs without the people that sold out. Because you can't trade it. 
the Market Timing Hall of Fame is empty. It really is. Warren Buffett is the greatest investor of our lifetime because he owns great companies. They're not all great. He's made multiple mistakes. And in spite of that, outperforms the market very dramatically. It's not even close. And yet we look at this day to day as if it's some kind of a game. Why do I own that? Why do I own this dog over here? I don't like the politics of that company over there. Get over ourselves. The fact of the matter is you're going to own really bad investments, mistakes. We all do. You're not going to get them all right. You're going to get, need to get just a few great companies. How many 40-fold apples, 40-fold since they came out with the iPhone? They're up 40 times. How many of those do I have to own in my lifetime? to make up for this thing over here. Oh, I lost half my money on that thing over there. And like I always say, the beyond meat stupidity that I had, right? Or owning Dish Network or owning the telecommunications years ago. I mean, the list goes on. I just go talk about dozens and dozens of bad investments that I've made for myself and for clients. Because that's investing. It always is investing. But getting the big moments right, not bailing. Because what happened in the market in 2009? Because you don't remember. We don't remember. We, were, we, we barely remember what the news was last week. How, how, long, how long do you think we're going to talk about Maui? Really? Seriously? A giant human tragedy that was totally avoidable. You think we're going to be talking about this for a while? No, we won't. We'll move on to hating Donald Trump, talking about the incompetence of Joe Biden. Really super important things. That's what we're going to do, because we always do it. And what happened in 2008 and 9? Did we learn our lessons from that? Were we buyers or were we sellers? Because the market went up. 50% in 90 days. It screams higher from bottoms. And do you think the people that sold out were going to get back in significantly higher? No. You know what they said? Maybe I'll get back in on a dip. Because the news of the day was horrible. The unemployment rate continued to skyrocket. Markets move ahead of anticipated events. The world wasn't going to end. Markets had priced for the end of the world, and it looked like the world would get ugly but not end. And it's rocketed higher, leaving people on the sidelines. Those folks that stayed were back entirely very soon. Those that bailed, lost half their money, and interest rates went to zero. So they didn't get it back. That's life-changing. A million-dollar 401k turning into a $500,000 401k and then not growing is a life-changing event.
That's why we have to think about these things. And I think about it probably, I think about this sweet lady, and she really is a sweet lady, a lot. Because she represents all of us on some level of how scared we get sometimes and how we really need to sometimes just trust that things are beyond our power, our understanding, and knowing what the future is, we got to let go of it. Watching more, having more inputs, dialing in more and more and more and more thirst for data, not knowledge, data, just data, data. Tell me more. Scream at me more. Does not give us clarity. It clouds the picture. And it makes us do things often and say things. This is going to cause inflation. What do you think about the digital currency? I think we need to buy gold. Digital currency. What does that mean? Digital currency, you know. Then they're going to take it away. Take what away? My money. So you can go to Albertsons with golds? Yeah. I don't know. But that's what they said on, you know, Glenn Beck's program for, for the last 15 years. Right? The world's ending. Not picking on Glenn Beck. It's, it's, it's everywhere all the time. All the time. And the more we, we zero in on it and focus like a laser beam on all of that noisy, angry cells, Sell a fixed equity indexed annuity. A pile of gold. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, scare them. Just scare them. They'll do it. That's true. Because the long-term story for gold is no return. No income. No nothing. No, nothing. It doesn't perform as well as bonds. It doesn't. And these are life-changing things. All right, I got to take a quick break. I've got a fun story about a kid coming up next. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. Dave at petsofinancial.net if you prefer email. So, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I, I've i had a very interesting life. I really, really have for just this kid from Idaho, not really doing good in school and kind of a little wayward trying to figure things out. And... Um, Things kind of worked. I fell into this industry because I, a job that I moved to Boise for and expected in 1980 when interest rates were over 10%, unemployment was over 10. But the foreman didn't like me. 
So I didn't get to crawl inside of tanker trucks and paint them. So I didn't get the job. And I needed money. So day jobs became that. And I got into this industry and it kind of worked out okay. I tell you that only to set this up. One of the things I did right, and it wasn't much when I was a teenager, is I started to kind of find the markets interesting. And I saved some money. I literally invested. And during that time, I did not sell my investments. I left them alone. I just worked really hard to get the bills paid, barely paid. And I understood something, too, because part of the industry and part of telling people, here's what you need to do, selling them, if you will, on the idea of investing in 1980. Oh, boy. Wow. I don't know why they believe a kid anyway, but enough did. I was able to pay the bills. You had to pay yourself first. So I didn't really share that whole story with this young man, but it's also led me to this whole thought process of a cup of coffee a day, $5 a day, that people just throw away. And we throw away way more than $5 a day. Come on. I mean, it's 20 here and 20 there. It's only 20 bucks. Instead of having a beer at home for a dollar, you have a beer for $7 at the pub. It's all those things. It's not that you can't do that. You can if you pay yourself first. First. Even though you don't have any money, you pay yourself first. You pay $25 to yourself if you can't afford 50. You pay yourself 50 if you can't afford 100. But you pay something. It's the whole process of doing something. And I was sharing part of this, the whole cup of coffee, with this young man. And he's like 16 years old. Hormones raging. He's a little angry at the world. He's doing some work in my yard. And we sit down with his dad and I after finishing it up finishing up the work and the sun's going down and we're talking about I'm talking about because yeah, you know mom and dads aren't really always they don't know much sometimes the outsider has the authority right and so I'm talking about getting it right if you get the finances right you're going to get the girls right you got to get just get your head on right you're going to go and you're going to want to buy a truck. He wants to go in the military eventually. And you're going to go on these army bases. And they're all, everybody's borrowed a bunch of money and makes $700 a month payments on a truck. That's what they do. And they come out after having little expenses in debt. Don't do that. And it's not how you get a girl is having a big truck. Not the kind of girl you want. 
And it was just a beautiful moment because, believe it or not, he started a Roth IRA and commits to it regularly and asks questions about it. There's always a time when people can do that and it can be spoken to. Look for those opportunities. And sometimes it isn't the parents. It's the uncle. It's the friend. It just, we all have to learn that. You pay yourself first. Everything else will fall into place. You'll have just as much fun, more, really, and your life won't be filled with chaos. Trying to pay your bills. Trying to figure it out. You won't be under that pressure. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Super proud of this young man. I think he's going to be okay. He's got a long ways to go. He does. He does. All 16-year-old boys do, but he does. He's got a ways to go. But this is one piece he seems to be on, and he and, and, and if you will, getting one thing right can be the beginning of getting a lot right in your life. All right, I got to take a break for Fox News. Our number, if you choose to accept it, is 580-5436, 580-KIDO, Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and once again, thank you for joining us. If you have any comments or questions during the week, feel free to shoot an email over to us at petsofinancial.com. We also have podcasts there, articles and calculators to help you with your financial planning as well. You know, it, it is, um, yeah, I, I don't know if this is, you know, one of the good things about getting older. But I don't know that you can think things through. I couldn't anyway. Let me just put it that way. Younger, I was more certain of my opinions and thoughts than I am now. What I'm more certain of now is that I don't know what the future is going to be. What I am more certain about, too, is that the future is brighter than I think it will be. Almost always. And it certainly seems to be much brighter than the news portrays day in and day out. And I know it's really, really hard for all of us to compartmentalize this news or that news and not make it political and not make it how how can po- we possibly survive this because it feels that way this feels like the most important election ever it feels like the justice department is so out of control it's 
an existential threat to the United States of America itself. And it is. But are we stuck there? No, we're not. And we've had problems before. In the Justice Department, in the FBI, in politics. And we've come through it fine. Our system of freedom and capitalism has a self-healing mechanism to it. And I think we forget it as we get caught up in it. And we've particularly like, aha, finally, you know, good. Oh, the market's down. Yes, I can sell more gold. Finally, finally. Stupid market keeps defying gravity. Yep, we got a little sell-off. Okay. Sell-offs are certain to occur over and over again all the days of our life. Certain to occur. What has historically also been certain to occur is markets going to all-time highs again and again and again and again and again. Always. You would think that this was about to end all the time. All the time. I mean, it's, it's like it's illogical. Well, I really think everything is, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Digital schmigital currency. The Iranians and the Russians are all going to get together. All the bad people are going to get together and create a currency. The rest of the world is going to go, oh, goody. That's way better than the U.S. dollar. Let's trust the criminals. Perfect. Yep, can't wait to do that. And the list goes on, on and on and on. So we got to go buy gold. Why? Why do we do this? It's just illogical. It didn't end in the 1970s. It was supposed to. A guy named Howard Ruff, Ruff House, wrote about nine books, made zillions of dollars. Doing what? Destroying people's wealth. Absolutely, literally destroying 90% of their wealth. Gotta buy gold, gotta buy gold, gotta buy gold, gotta buy gold. (sighs) On and on. Hyperinflation. Hockey sticks to the moon. Independent presidential candidates. Bill Clinton can't thank him enough. Ross Perot told us all about how we were going. The world was ending. Then the China, the Japanese were coming. They held all of our debt. I'm not even talking about all the little stuff like the Asian currency crises, fifty percent market sell-offs. Oh, the Russians <laughs> forgot about that. It was such a small thing at the time, right? No big deal. Communists. Big weaponry coming over the border everywhere. Not going to end well. Got to buy gold. Got to buy gold when oil prices go up and there's saber rattling going on in the Middle East. Remember that? And we go on and on and on as to why we should be hiding in gold. It just doesn't 
make any sense. It, it, it like has never worked. It doesn't work. But we keep doing it. And this thing over here that's always worked, <gasps> don't own it. Don't own the great corporations of the world. Don't want to do that. Oh, my gosh, that'd be so silly. That's always worked better than everything else. Don't go do that. We should be contemplating things that don't work like ever. Let's talk a lot about that. Let's listen. Let's go to the seminars. Let's hear the sales pitches. That'll add clarity to my life. It doesn't make sense, but we pursue it nonstop. We do. We do. All right. That's my gold lecture. It doesn't work. Why do we keep doing it? Why don't we trust the very thing that has always worked? I don't know. I don't know. Because it doesn't make any sense. This has always worked better than anything else. It's available for any amount of money, and I don't have to do a thing. Or let's go do this thing that's never worked. Let's tie up our money 10 years in an equity indexed annuity that won't work. Anywhere near as well as having instant liquidity anytime I want. Okay, but that doesn't make sense to me at all, at all. All right, we've got to take our final break. Our number is 580-5436, 580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Once again, if you have any comments or questions, please shoot those over to PetsoFinancial.com. And also, we do have um, calculators, articles, as well as podcasts that you can sign up for. Of course, you can do that at the Apple Store as well. You know, I, I've... I always forget to mention this too, but we we have been doing some. Whenever we do our Zoom meetings, uh, we we go ahead and put those out on YouTube as well for our clients. Uh, uh, we do some Zoom meetings and things, and you're more than welcome to obviously go there. The fun thing, the better thing about it is sometimes we can use you know, if you will, charts, graphs, things like that for backup, and 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 for a lot of us, that is the way to learn a lot better, right? You just can retain it so much better. So that's at YouTube, and, of course, it's under Petso Financial. All right. I, I, I've been sharing some stories today, and I, I think about that, but I also, you know, the stories of individuals. And, and you do. They just pop in your head over the years because, I don't, you know, doing this for 40 years, that's a long time. I, I just – I still can't I – can't, I, I can't believe it. I just can't believe how fast time has gone by. But, you know, you also, over those years, I think part of it is just the emotion of learning from other human beings, too, and, 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 and walking life together with other humans and sharing stories like we do at our office, right? You know, it's no small thing that, uh, to me, 
that Jennifer Stone has been and I have been working together for 28 years. It's just a, it's a, it's a huge thing. Those are deep relationships that are created only because you have so much time together. You know, Tom Brown, who you've heard also as well, is you know a relative newbie and and has been with us for 20 years. So that's it's just a crazy thing to think about and go back and think about those things that you're trying to tell somebody. For example, when you know people are getting started, and we've got two. Uh, newer uh, advisors as well. And you're trying to t teach them and tell them what kind of things matter, who you have to read and think about. And of course, everybody knows Warren Buffett. Some have heard of John Templeton, Peter Lynch, and Michael Price. And they're the great investors of my early time. All of them were. Warren Buffett just has about lived them all. But they all thought about things on a long-term level, and it left a mark for me. It really did. It left a mark that things are not short-term. I, I I have a picture of Sir John and, and uh, Templeton and myself in the Bahamas. He had just celebrated his 90th birthday, or was the next week, pardon me. And was going to be on Louis Rukeyser's Wall Street Week. Needless to say, that was a good number of years ago, and um, all of my hair was black. And it isn't anymore. At least I have hair. But it really left a mark on me when he said, and I just thought about this deeply, I would have all the years since. He said, I'm going to be on Louis Rukeyser's Wall Street Week next week. And I'm going to tell him that there's a 50-50 chance that in the next 100 years, the Dow Jones Industrial Average will be at 100,000 or more. And I asked him, I said, Sir John, that I know you, you've bound to have done the math. What does that do to the market? He said, I'm not really sure probably around 7%, something like that. Here's a 90-year-old man talking about the next 100 years. Uh, he thinks differently. He thinks generationally. He was always optimistic about the future and where humankind was going and where it was going in relation to understanding God better, not that there is no God but understanding God better with learning more. That was his big charity. But it struck me, how many people does CNBC talk about generational investing? Ever? Like ever. Who does? Who thinks about the next 100 years? It, it, it really left an imprint on me to think about things long term and to think about things evolving slowly and then quickly. Whether it's microchips, 
And every 18 months, their speed doubles until it's exponential. And we have entire new industries. And they're just beginning. And we have new supercomputer chips. And it's frightening. And AI is going to be amazing. It is amazing. And then maybe it'll kill us. I don't know. But there's nothing I can do about it, so why choose to worry about it? Why not just think about the positives that are coming from it? Instead of everything is always bad all the time and we need to go buy gold. We don't. Certain things have always worked. Thinking long term. Thinking generationally. Thinking about putting away $5 a day, a cup of coffee a day, for 40 years and having over a million dollars. Instead of nothing. Because it seems so irrelevant to do the little things. When it's not, the little things are the big things. How many things, how many times have we read that, right, and thought about it? Make your own bed, you know, best-selling book. Make your bed. Okay, what is that about? It's about doing the little things and starting the day right. It's about before you go and do stuff, why don't you go work out? Why don't you eat a good breakfast? Why don't you read something positive? Instead, the first thing you do is crank on the radio and listen to cranky people yell at each other. Is that helpful? Maybe. I choose to think of things differently because I, I do. It doesn't make me right. I just want to not do that because I think it makes me unhealthy, it makes my outlook negative, it makes me think about how Japan is so much better than us, how China was going to destroy us, and now they're not. Well, it's so weird. Well, who do we worry about next? Who? Oh, digital currency. That's right. That's right. I forgot. Sorry. I need to spend some more time reading about digital currency. Look, I I don't like government spying and all those things, but the world's changing. We already are digital. We are. Do you use auto pay? Yeah, me too. Digital. Use a credit card? Digital. You get it. We're digital. All right. Have a great rest of the weekend. Call us if you need anything. We appreciate you listening in.